for everything that is CW's The Flash, starring Grant Gustin as Barry Allen slash The Flash. I'm one of your hosts, Andy B. So happy to have you on the show with us today. With me is my co-host, Scott Murray. Hello, everyone. Hello. And also joining us again from last week's episode is uh, she's one of the a new co-host now of Assembly Geeks, and she also hosts the paid podcast through Assembly Geeks, and she is the lovely, geeky Amy Marie. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm good. I liked last night's episode. I'm ready to talk about it. Same here. Uh, but before we do that, before we get to any episode discussion, we do have a few news items to discuss. Um, Scott, what can people look forward to in a certain episode of The Flash later this season? Well, we are going to see another crossover episode, as was announced in a Variety interview from the producers of The Flash. Episode 18, called All-Star Team-Up, um, will feature both Brandon Routh and... Uh, Emily Beck Rickards uh, as Felicity and Ray Palmer. They are going to be coming back uh, in an episode of The Flash. So we're going to see them come back uh, and hang out uh, with the the Flash team uh, in episode 18 of the show. Amy, what are are your initial thoughts? I love everything that involves a crossover. I love whenever Team Arrow or any, you know, extension of Team Arrow comes and visits uh, Star uh, Star Labs. I almost said Star City. <laughs> <laughs> um, comes and visits Star Labs. I like seeing what they're going to bring. Um, I think Ray Palmer is going to have a field day in Star Labs. I think he's going to be kind of like Cisco in the Arrow Cave, only completely, you know, it's going to be so much more nerdy and he's going to have just a, an absolute blast perusing through all of their toys and their inventions. Um, you probably give him a couple tips too. I well, wonder yeah, if the- maybe. I wonder if maybe he's a uh, he needs a little bit of help on his techno suit and the atom suit and maybe Cisco can help him out with that. They are going to Star Labs team is going to help. Uh, it says here in uh, Flash TV news and according to the Variety article that the Star Labs team will be helping Ray further his atom project. Mm. Interesting. It'll be fun. It, it will be fun. And um, yeah, we. Yeah, I, you know, I've been waiting to see Ray Palmer for a while since they did a little promo, I think, right at the beginning of the season when you saw them, uh, once you saw Barry run past the, the Palmer Technologies uh, billboard that was somewhere in Central City. I know it wasn't really, it wasn't part of the episode, but it was just uh, a promo when the show was launching. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And also Ray is someone that would fit in very nicely with the uh, within the Flash. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But the one other thing we should also discuss is... Um, Something that we announced um, about um, the podcast last week, which was that with the casting of Supergirl for the new Supergirl TV show with uh, Melissa Benoist from Glee and Whiplash, uh, we've 
also announcing something on our own when it comes to Supergirl, and that is that Supergirl Radio is coming. It's our first spin-off podcast, which will be hosted by Teresa Giusino and uh, Rebecca Johnson, who who was actually on the Flash podcast in the beginning of the season in episode, I believe, five or six. I can't remember quite exactly what which episode it was, but she was there, and she, we had a blast talking to her, and uh, hopefully we will have both of them on at some point later this season, maybe just for a snippet and uh, talk uh, some Supergirl and just, you know, let people know what they can look forward to on the podcast. And the podcast will be hosting, will be, will be starting on Tuesday, February 3rd, so it, that is next week. You can find all the information uh, where you can find the podcast uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and the website all over at supergirlradio.com and just a huge thank to everyone who retweeted and shared the news and was excited about this especially to people who spread the press release on their website such as uh, comicbook.com from Russell Burlingame and Geek Legacy and also huge shout out to our good friend Michael Cohen from our sister podcast Quiver the Green Arrow podcast aka the best Arrow podcast on the internet and uh, to Sparta Town everyone who was willing to uh, post uh, the press release and share the news that uh, the first Super Bowl TV podcast is coming to the airwaves and uh, yeah we're so excited for you guys to check it out so stay tuned uh, next week because that's when you will hear Teresa and Rebecca get into the world of Supergirl as we are leading in leading up to the new TV show and uh, but just quickly before we move on uh, Amy and Scott what are your thoughts about the Supergirl casting I'm not really that familiar with her. I haven't the things she's been in, in I haven't seen, but I know a lot of people that have seen those and they are really impressed with her. So, um, you know, I'm just ready for the the next set of announcements and look forward to seeing the costume and things like that now that we finally know who's going to play her. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't really have a whole lot of experience with her as an actress. Um, I think, though, if the main concern about her is that she's a brunette instead of a blonde, I think we're I think we're fine. Um, hey, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see Supergirl as a brunette. I, I'd be kind of cool with that game. But they can also just dye her hair. I mean, TV runs on wigs. So I, I think if that's the main concern that everybody has, that, that we're going to be just fine. They can just can, go. They just go over to the arrow or the yeah the arrow uh, set and grab Laurel's blonde wig. Hey, she's using that <laughs> yeah, right there now. You go. But uh, no, but I, I <laughs> no let 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 her have her wig or she maybe maybe. But I know that Laurel is she getting used Sarah's. There you because go. For, all, for spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> In case you haven't uh, been catching up on Arrow, Laurel is now the Black Canary, which was always meant to be. So, Which I actually want to connect something that happened on last night's episode with her, but we'll wait till a little bit later. Oh, interesting. Well, personally, I'm very happy about the casting news. I'm a huge fan of Melissa Benoist. I will say that in season four, when they introduced... um, the, the, the 2.0 generation of the Glee characters, she was the best one. Sadly, in season 5, when Corey Monteith, phenom- phenomenal performer, sadly passed away, and uh, his character Finn had, uh, was get- getting killed off too, all those 2.0 characters kind of got sidetracked, and they weren't used as much. And then after the 100th episode, they all moved, uh, the, the whole storyline moved back to New York with all the original Glee characters from uh, from the beginning of the the show, so she her talent was underused sometimes. But I know she's I love her. I think she's 
super talented, no pun intended. And I think she's gonna, I think she's gonna fit in quite nicely into the superhero genre. And now, you know, it seems like every superhero now will be played by a Glee actor because we know we had Grant Gustin, uh, we had uh, one, uh, we had a villain from. Um, from Glee show up as Felicity's uh, ex-boyfriend and uh, <laughs> yeah they're uh, I'm sure Leah Michelle and uh, Darren Chris will at some point show up in the DC TV universe and have some fun with it too but no I'm happy about the casting and I'm very happy that um people I've seen a lot of res- uh, positive response to it and, and yeah she's brunette yeah like Amy said they can dye her hair there's something called a wig so whenever I see someone like no she can't be super cool she's blonde she's not blonde I'm like Color has nothing to do with someone's talent. You could be pink, mm-hmm. and she could be like Meryl Streep could be pink, and she would still give an amazing performance every in every product she does. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to also to see how the podcast now does with uh, as we're leading up to the show. And uh, yeah, I, I think David Rappaport he really deserves an Emmy Award for his casting for all these shows. Honestly. But anyway, let's let's start discussing this week's episode of The Flash called The Sound and the Fury. And this episode introduced mm. another famous rogue uh, Flash villain, Harley Raffaway, a.k.a. Pied Piper, played by the talented Annie Mientes. And uh, I want to start with you two uh, before I get to my opinions about his performance and, and the, how they, what they were doing with him in the, in the episode. What do you think about his present overall? I thought he was great. I thought he was a wonderful... Um wonderful actor. I thought he brought a lot of that spooky creepiness that the character needed. Um, He definitely had that psychopathic, sociopathic tendency to the way that he talked and to the way that he, he moved. And I really liked that. And I liked that you felt like his crusade was justified just based on the way that he was portrayed. Um, Obviously none of us agree with what he did, but there, there, you the way he played him, you instantly didn't like him, and I kind I liked that. I liked being on on the side where I'm like, okay, clearly I don't like you because it would be very different for me if I was like, I kind of like you, but now you're a bad guy. But instead, I'm like, no, I kind of really don't like you, and now you're a bad guy. So I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cisco had some choice words for <laughs> what he thinks he is. <laughs> um. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I, I thought it was was really great when they when they first meet each other and Cisco's wearing a Han shot first T-shirt, <laughs> uh, which I agree with with that T-shirt. And it's interesting that uh, he didn't uh, that Hartley didn't like that shirt yet. He goes on to dress like the Emperor later, but uh, <laughs> it's like so that. true. <laughs> I did not think about. <laughs> I mean, he's even got stuff shooting out of his hands for heaven's sakes. <laughs> the but, force. Uh, but uh, I, I thought, um, yeah, I thought he was a, a good villain. You know, he's he's always kind of got that uh, conniving thought process going off in his head, and uh, always planning and and uh, for for what he's going to do next. And definitely, as smart as he is, always trying to outsmart everybody. And in this case, he's. Uh, got revenge backing all that up too as well so had a lot of motivation to create the havoc he created and I thought uh, he was definitely a good villain and I'm glad that he is also one that we haven't seen the last of I agree and wow there's so many Star Wars connections on this show Uh, I 
I agree what you guys said. I, you know, of course, he was evil, and I, what I really liked, and this was something I saw the producers say in interviews that he's kind of like the evil version of Harry Potter. That's the best way to put it. He is the evil Potter. If he had been messed up, th- that's what we would have seen in those movies. So I, no, I enjoyed it. I had a, I thought it was really fun to see someone that sassy and that cocky. And yeah, of course, all the things he did was wrong, but I still. It was still enjoyable, and um, I liked that he had this big past with uh, with Harrison, and which we'll get into in a little bit. But I, um, no, I just I thought he was fun, and I I also liked the fact that when it came to his sexuality, that they just they just casually talked about it, it was not like mm-hmm. a big deal. Because I'm mm-hmm. I've been so tired about it as someone who's part of the LGBT is that. Whenever a show is going to out someone and they make like 20 minutes is spent to, oh, my God, he's gay. I don't know if I can accept it. No, it was just, yeah, his parents had uh, had a problem with it. And, uh, yeah, they just moved on quickly uh, in the when they were talking about him in the conversation. So because it guys, sexuality, is it's a normal thing now. There's they're gays, they're straight, whatever. So the quicker you can do it, the better. And um, I'm still hoping, holding out that they will um, that they will introduce the relationship that he has in the comic books with Captain Singh. And although, as long as he's still with the, his other boyfriend, I don't know when that will happen. But hopefully, it it will because I think that would be quite sweet. But um, uh, what did you guys? I, th- no, go on. I'm a little confused on the Harry Potter reference. I don't get that. Am I missing something? Because that to me that doesn't make any sense. With the exception fact that he has a cloak like what <laughs> what well, does I, that mean i think that i don't have the quote in front of me but i saw somewhere where they were talking about how like because of his intelligence and his mind that he that that it was kind of similar to because harry he's a he's a pretty smart dude and and he was someone that used all you know all his talent for good but harley kind of got screwed up a little bit so i know i kind of see what you're talking about but at the same time as you said I don't see it completely, but I can see what they were hinting at. Okay, I get it now. So they're they're saying that he's he's a very talented individual who uses all of the skills and assets that he has for what he believes is right. Yeah. What did you guys think of his um, how to use his weapons? Because you know it's kind of different from how he is in the comic books. Well, it's very consistent with, you know, how they kind of develop weapons on these shows, you know. It's kind of like with Black Canary, instead of her actually having, you know, the screech, she's got, you know, the the device that blows out the windows and all those sort of things. And <clears throat> I think they've come up with a technological way to make this work um, as well, just to kind of keep it real and keep it consistent with how they uh, make some of these powers take place in the real world. What I thought was interesting about this show, and I, I kind of wonder what everybody else thinks. You know, we're so used to, um, you know, seeing the Flash be the one that saves the day, and I know we're going to talk about Doctor Wells here in a little bit, but he's the one that basically saves the day. The Flash is dying at the end of this thing, and at the end of this episode, it's not him who saves the day; it's Doctor Wells with a really interesting strategy. Uh, which I'd also like to know what you all thought of that, the whole idea that they he could pull the frequencies and uh, signals from satellite radio and reroute them towards his device in a way that would disrupt and destroy the weaponry. 
Um, so I'm kind of interested to know what you all think of the strategy to defeat uh, Pied Piper and the whole idea of Dr. Wells kind of being the one that saves the day uh, instead of the Flash defeating Pied Piper um, at the end of the episode. Um, well, I'm going to be honest. I have very limited technological technological say-so and so know-hows and all that jazz. So I'm not sure if what Wells did was accurate or not. I'm sure that there was a level of, of, of you know, inaccuracy just based on the fact that it's a TV show. Um, I did like that Wells stepped in. I actually, as, you know, as Barry is sitting there coughing up blood and dying on screen, I was, I was sitting there going, okay, I don't really know how he's going to get out of this. And I was expecting Wells to just get up out of his chair and go save him. And I was glad that he was able to find a way to help Barry without revealing his abilities, because I think it would have been too much all at once in the episode. Um, I, I liked that Dr. Wells got to go in there and save the day because we've seen Cisco, we've seen Caitlin come in and do their thing to to help Barry, and you know Dr. Wells has been helpful before, but this one felt like 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 a notch on his belt, like he can say, okay, that that saved his mind, and I really appreciated that he was able to do that, and I thought he was very clever in the way that he did it, um, so I really enjoyed that talking. You actually you you brought up um, Black Canary and how it was very similar that they use. Um, the sonic, the little sonic boombox that she's got, as opposed to the ability she's supposed to have in the comic books to actually create it from her own voice. And I would really, really, really like to see those gloves somehow make it to Laurel Lance on Arrow, who is becoming the new Black Canary. I would love to see those become part of her costume and to give her that ability and to integrate it into her character, because that would be a lot of fun for me to see her use those and to kind of distinguish herself from Sarah and actually come a little bit closer to what the comic book mythology may suggest. So I, I kind of want to see a modified, maybe possibly less dangerous, but also effective version of those Sonic gloves to end up in Laurel's possession as a gift from Star Labs or as something that, that Laurel asks for. He's like, Hey guys, knock, knock, knock. Um, I could really use some help kicking bad guys. Do you have any, I don't know, like technological assistance you might be able to give me. And they're like, Oh, well, here you go. Use these. So that's, that's, that's a, that's a theory I have in mind, but I really liked going back to Wells that he did hop in and save the day. Um, it felt realistic to me. No, I like that. It could possibly be something that transcends over to, you know, the, the, the brother show and to see how, I don't know if I – I'm kind of a big fan of the the Sonic Scream, but I know that's maybe asking a little bit too much because of the tone that Arrow has established. But no, but I think that not only did Piper's weapons sh- give us a good example how maybe Laurel can use something similar when she, further down the line, but maybe also uh, Cisco, if he becomes – the cer- a certain superior that he is known for being in the comic books, and um, but I don't know if he's going to get powers. I think I still think that Cisco, when he becomes a vibe, that he will still do something. That his powers will be mechanical. That it will be something that he builds because of I don't. Know, it's because there's such a he has a, such a different origin in the comic book how he beca- how he gets his powers. So 
No, but I like that it kind of they're kind of testing it to see how they can use on other characters, and hopefully we will we will see it transcend. You know, it's not it's not um, a big shock that whenever another show uses something similar to what another spinoff show is using in terms of either character character or item or whatever. No, but I um I some um but yeah I, that's I think that's all I have to say about um about Harley. I'm looking forward to seeing him next week though. Well, Dr. Wells, as I mentioned, uh, is playing a a pretty uh, key role in this, Um, uh, especially since um, Hartley was really after him. Um, He was after everybody at Star Labs, but um, wanted revenge on him. Um, The interesting thing about it, man, there was some really uh, interesting things that came out of Dr. Wells in this episode. Um, the thing that strikes me first and foremost is, um, you know, he doesn't screw around and he's not easily intimidated and he's not easily manipulated into doing things. And you can just tell how serious he took this guy's threat and how much he respected the threat Mm -hmm. that he is for him to take the, go ahead and hold the press conference in hopes that that was going to, um, I guess, uh, diffuse the, the size of the threat. It didn't work. But it was still interesting that he was worried enough about how this was going to disrupt whatever plans he's got here down the road to take that step uh, to do this. Um, The other thing I thought was interesting as he talked about the whole thing regarding the accelerator was he literally used the words, I failed this city. <laughs> which yes. made which made me think of Arrow <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh which I thought was you know, I wonder if that was intentional. I have to think that it probably was. Yeah. Um the other thing that I I also pick up on Dr. Wells when when it comes to that manipulation is man, that guy knows how to talk to people under any given circumstances to to kind of steer them whichever way he wants them to go. You know, if he wants to pull next to you and, and you know, pull up to Cisco and tell him a nice, kind of inspiring, heartwarming speech about why he chose him, he can do that. If he wants Barry to think about him a certain way, he can do that. If he wants to, you know, try to, you know, steer Pied Piper a certain way, he's got the words to try to make that happen. And I like watching... Uh, him work and that's why it was so interesting to see him kind of counterbalance everything that he's got going on in this and the consequences that you know he created and how he deals with that through the whole episode was really really good i also thought it was really good it was really cool to see him actually use the speed uh his speed capabilities in this episode yeah uh was a was a really cool thing i was not expecting and finally, of course, uh, as we see at the end of the episode, everything he did, even though he's got Pied Piper locked away, at least for the moment, we find out that Eddie is, uh, through Joe, is investigating Dr. Wells further because of all the suspicions that continue to present themselves to Joe and Eddie about who he is and what his intentions are, especially after going to his house and noticing that all that glass broke and it didn't scratch him one bit. So he's creating some other problems for himself along the way. Yeah. I like what you said about Wells basically being a master manipulator. And there's a point where I feel like he's manipulating us, the audience, because we don't even know what to think of him. There's no black and white. He's good. He's evil because he, he goes and he, if he was the reverse flash in that um, the, the mid season finale, then we know to a certain extent he's, he killed Barry's mom. 
Um, so that's an evil thing. But then he goes and he saves Barry li- Barry's life, and that's a good thing. And so he's kind of this gray character as opposed to a black and white character. Um, and I feel like he, he, he really can. He can manipulate everyone around him. I mean, think about that press conference. He manipulated the situation so that it was Iris who asked the question and got the answer as opposed to her kind of snot-nosed boss. Um, and then he's also, you know, he's manipulating the people around him, sometimes in a very good way. But I feel like as an audience, we're also being manipulated. And I like that. I like not knowing because he's he's a character. I sit at the end of every episode. I'm like, yes, but I don't know if I like you or not. And I think that's a great part of his character. And I literally found myself questioning everything he says and does. Like I'm sitting here yes. wondering, I'm sitting here wondering if he's got some sort of plan or some sort of reason um, or, uh, you know, if he's, he's, if he's developing something to use that group photo for where, where mm-hmm. Barry's face is exposed, you know, we see him looking at that later and you don't know if he's just having a nice moment smiling at his team or if he's thinking again. <laughs> so. Yeah. Or the moment where he, uh, where he helps Iris out for all we know, her future is some sort of fantastic star reporter who plays an important integral part in something that comes up with him. And so maybe it's up to him to make her that star reporter that's needed in the future. So, yeah, I think it's, I don't know what to think of him. And I like that. I like that. I don't know if I like him or not. (laughs) I just enjoy the fact that he's finally starting to face some consequences for what he's been doing because Mm. Even though he comes from the future, he seems to know, well, basically everything that has been going on from the point where Barry becomes a Flash till the point where he disappears in the future. I do like the fact when the villain or antagonist or the bigger player actually does have some slip-ups and some hiccups where he actually has to face some problems that he didn't foresee. And and that's why I really liked having Harley around because I think that I don't think... um, Harrison predicted he, that he was gonna cause so much problems after the particle accelerator incident. So I, I'm I'm glad that uh, Harrison is getting some bleep for himself. But uh, but like Scott said, he's kind of building more problems for himself as as he's going around because as much as he's lying, not all of his lies are that good, and they're starting to get worse. For it's it's kind of like how Oliver was in season one of Arrow when you know whenever he would lie to Felicity, be like, yeah, I need. I need th- this thing because I'm um, sports drinks, or I was in, at a coffee shop that got that. that <laughs> so I, why is it in a syringe? Yeah, or why did the, why did your n- not your computer get shot at a coffee shop? <laughs> and it, it, I don't know. He there was some yes, like Diggle said, there was some serious BS going on there. But yeah. but uh, no, but I'm and I'm wondering how. And I, it was kind of cool to see Harrison use his super speed. But um, there's something big we need to talk about later on regarding that and um because it's a it's a it's a huge mystery but so is the character so what it's nothing new really so related can we talk about how his fantastic his house is i mean that was a cool house he walked in that was like sick house and then a couple you know minutes later cisco comes and he's like sick house. i was like oh god i've turned into cisco but I mean, th- that was a cool house, right? I'm not the only one who it thought was that a, was super cool. It was um, it was expensive. Right, and, uh, I'm um, sort of jealous that he has that big crib and that he's he has e- he has everything. Well, except for a reputation and a solid career. 
I don't think <laughs> I don't. I, I think that honestly, he doesn't give an f at this point. But he's just like, yeah, I have everything I need and I want. That's true. So a little bit earlier, uh, we were talking about the Han shot first T-shirt, and that takes me back to all those flashbacks we had when we first meet um, Hartley and we first see Cisco joining the team, and we sit, get to see Cisco meeting. What did you guys think about those flashbacks? Um, and you know, we we already discussed the T-shirt, which, to be fair, is a fantastic conversation. Um, but I liked seeing Cisco blatantly meet Caitlin and be like, I like you and turn to Hartley and be like, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, I liked the lines that they drew right away and the instant chemistry that Cisco and Caitlin had. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did you guys sense a little bit of disappointment when he realized that she had a boyfriend? Of course it's it, look, this is Flash's own fit semblance, basically where you will have one of them be disappointed <laughs> because one of them is taken. One of them is interested in another person so uh, no but i i will say this i love the flash but i i remember when i talked i ta- asked greg blant at comic-con last year like will we see flashbacks for these other characters you know during the time where barry was in a coma or anything like that and i'm glad we're finally getting to see some of that and how they got to meet and hopefully we will see more of that that this was the, wasn't the only time we got to see them when they were just starting to get to know each other uh, I kind of like something that I didn't talk about during the Harley discussion was that as much as the Pied Piper is a Flash villain I kind of want to see him as a villain for Cisco later down the line because I think that they have well they're both they're both so similar but they're just on um, opposite sides I think that kind of that could be kind of cool actually that down the it's kind of like how they're doing on um on on Arrow with Brick right now even though Brick is a famous Green Arrow villain He's kind of becoming, as far as I know, the the villain for Black Canary. I I I I don't know. Um, I think he makes a good villain for Cisco, but I don't know if that's something necessarily I I absolutely need to see. I thought it was fascinating the relationship that Wells and Hartley clearly had, and it seems like they were also they they were almost that kind of two birds of a feather flocked together. Because I felt like both of them, to a certain extent, were genius outsiders who don't necessarily relate to people as well as they should. Um, And actually, before I realized that, before it was presented that Hartley was gay, I actually was watching that scene and I felt a little bit of a connection between the two of them. And I wondered if there was more than just a professional relationship between the two of them. Um, so I wonder if 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 that plays into it at all. And I don't know the mythology of Wells. I don't know if he's supposed to be um, to be gay or if he's a straight character. But something between the two of them, they definitely had a connection. And I think that that would have, I think that that scene really showed us a lot and showed us how much ultimately his betrayal hurt Wells. It was well, more like a brother. Oh, sorry. I was going to say quickly that it was kind of like a brother relationship. In that, if any, well, you were asking about the Mythos. Harrison doesn't exist in the comic. Although it's been hinted he might be someone from the comic, but as, mm. but no, I think that on the show because he, you know, he had a fiance and that that he lost. Uh, I think I think they were still together at a point. I I don't remember, but regardless, I think there was more, if there was any type of connection, I would see it as a brother type of relationship. Well, I mean, I I think where where this what this points to is you wonder, um, and I found myself doing this, um, 
I mean, you can just tell how much, how many people really admire Dr. Wells for so much jealousy and so much uh, pride going into what he thinks of you and what uh, it means to have him endorse your skills and abilities. Um, and, you know, when you look at um, Hartley, you can kind of tell that, you know, early on he's, you know, as brilliant as he is, he's got some misfiring synapses in his head. <laughs> so, you know, it's not completely uh, hard to believe that somebody who obviously knows they're smart and has had it validated for so long by this guy that so many people admired. And then suddenly this new kid comes in and he's talking just as highly about him. Why somebody who's already, like I said, a little twisted, isn't going to take that personally and make everybody's life miserable. But it does make you... um you know, really kind of recognize just how well thought of in the scientific community Dr. Wells is to have it create so many emotions amongst people about pride and validation and on the good side and then on the bad side, anger and jealousy and uh, any number of things. So I think that's what I thought was kind of interesting about it that got me thinking is, you know, we, we're still very early in the series and we're all still trying to figure out so many things about Dr. Wells, but it's clear in the scientific community how important it is. I mean, it's almost like having Stephen Hawking or somebody endorse your, you know, smarts or something um, that that it would cause so many um, emotions from people to get validation or um, backing uh, about your skills from from him. I didn't think about that. I sorry. I. So I'm, I'm interrupting no, go everyone ahead. today. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to say I I didn't think about that at all because there was some point I was thinking, yeah, you know, he's, you know, they're all disappointed with him, but I just didn't I just didn't realize why were they so disappointed. Now, you made me realize that because they looked up to him so much, and it's yeah, it's that's a universal feeling that you you know when you have a hero that you look up to so much, and then they end up disappointing you like that. It it is kind of a big punch to the stomach so um well well said scott i did not think about that at all yeah that's a very good point it brings up the entire trust issue that wells feels like he needs to build back the trust that everybody put in him that his career and his status gave him he was just kind of automatically associated with this highly trusting character i mean if stephen hawking decided that he was, you know, if I started working for him, I would trust whatever he said. I'm going to be like, you are smart enough, intelligent enough, and well-spoken for enough that I am going to trust you implicitly. And that's something that happened with Wells. And then Wells failed professionally. And when he did that, all of the trust that had been associated with his profession as opposed to his person fell down the drain. And so now Wells is having to gain back both that professional trust um, and the trust in his abilities, as well as build back and almost create a trust in him as a person. Because, you know, people, when they were joining up with Wells, there was a point where they were just trusting him because of his abilities and didn't necessarily get to know him as a person. And Hartley did. And Hartley saw that Wells could use that professional trust to get away with some things like going forward with the particle accelerator. And so Wells is now in the present day having to balance the and, and build a relationship as an individual and a fallible person as well as someone who's smart and intelligent. So he's having to build all that back at the same time. And I really like that 
he had to do that and he that he had that he is growing for that because it makes him a fallible character which makes him likable and again i don't know if i like him or if i don't like him and so it's just another another thread in the wells throw that's just you know making me so confused i don't know if i like him or not i know one person i love tom Cavanaugh, so i even though it is so difficult to know what how to feel for him i i, I just love seeing it on the screen because it's I this is the kind of mystery that you love to hate, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's the Tyrion Lannister effect. You know he's a bad guy, but you can't help but like him. But um, but no, but I, I like I said, I did not think about it at all. So I'm Scott. I really appreciate you that you brought it up. I think that's something really good to discuss when it comes to his character as as a whole, because this just gives us another layer of his arc of how. Well, how messed up he is, really, if you think about it. Well, and going back to what I said earlier, we also know that when when it's when he feels the need to, he can say some things that'll really build you up. We talked earlier about uh, his ability to kind of manipulate a search situation by having the right words to say to you when he really wants uh, <laughs> wants to, you know, uh, build you up or you know maybe turn you a certain direction or make you think a certain way. So you got to figure if he spent. A long time with Hartley saying those type of things, like he said to um, Cisco later, and then suddenly this new guy comes in and he's saying that about him. That's you know that's another way that some of his manipulations might be actually working against him later down the road because he's built Hartley up so much that when things change and he turns his attention to someone else, that uh, creates a problem. I know. I um. I agree. But um, what else should we discuss about this episode? So, because there's a there was a lot of thing that happened. Well, I think um, it was really kind of um, nice, as I said before, to finally get to see Wells use some of the uh, of his super speed abilities. And of course, we we did get some uh, nods about Speed Force in this uh, episode. Um, but it was, you know, they, they kind of picked some really interesting times to use it. I really liked it in the beginning, you know, to have it, have him jump out and move around like he did, uh, in the very opening, uh, of the, of the show. Um, that was a really cool moment just to start off with. But I tell you, there was one time, um, you know, it was really, really kind of jarring. It was confusing at first for me anyway, when he got up and then suddenly he, you know, collapsed and couldn't move anymore. Um, wasn't expecting that to happen, but gosh, there was that, did anybody else wonder kind of what happened when, when, uh, you know, the flash wasn't there when Pied Piper was, uh, wreaking havoc on the lab and there was Wells collapsed on the floor. And fortunately, uh, you know, nobody else other than Hartley saw him there. And then he comes, we see him walk up to, um, Dr. Wells and he's got him in a very vulnerable moment. And then suddenly you know, Barry shows up, Flash shows up, speeds up there, and suddenly within two seconds, he's back in his chair, and Hartley's not there anymore. <laughs> so I, yeah, I found I have, myself kind of wondering what happened there. Yeah. I, feel, I feel there's a... I think this was another case of a deleted shot that they felt... Oh, you know what? I think we may see it next week, what actually really happened, because because of Hartley's presence next week as well. Maybe, Maybe so. I, I think that was odd, because I was like, but, but, but hey... He was on the floor. Now he's in the chair again. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> for four seconds during the show. <laughs> was it really just four seconds? 
I don't know. I wasn't counting. I just that was the number oh, okay. that came to mind. I mean, I think we can we can accurately assume that the Pied Piper's ultimate goal is to beat the Flash and to do and so he can hurt Wells. Um, so I, I mean, we can assume that maybe Hartley left Wells with the intention of drawing the Flash out and thus destroying Wells's real accomplishment since the particle accelerator. So if you think about it that way, if you think of the Flash as Wells's success after so much failure, then Hartley is doing everything possible to destroy that success and that accomplishment. And so we can assume that Hartley maybe just left. But yeah, there was a little bit of a hole there that I didn't understand. Um, I don't think it would have been unrealistic to have uh, Barry find Wells on the ground um, without his chair nearby. As long as he wasn't moving, I think that we like he could have been like, oh, yeah, the Piper was trying to drag me or he took my chair, um, you know, and they could have played up the cripple part of it. I don't think they necessarily needed to have it happen the way it did. But, yeah, Andy, I wonder if, if maybe they're going to show what really did happen next week or if there's a deleted scene or if there's an explanation or maybe there's a whole conversation that happens. Um, I don't know. But yeah, there was like, what, four or five, six ish seconds. I don't mean how realistically, how much could have happened at that time. Unless he just, I don't know. What if his speed just came back in that exact moment and he just, you know, took, took Piper, just speeded him away and then speeded back to the labs and just was like, yeah, I'm innocent. I'm, it's, it's cool. Barry, he went, he, he disappeared. He's gone. I don't know because I don't know. I remember there was there was that issue. I remember in the Flash Arrow crossover when Flash and Arrow went after Rainbow Raider, and after the commercial break, they 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 just caught him. Like we didn't get to see how they did it. So yeah, but that was a different point. That uh, to me, that's a little bit different because he, the Rainbow Raider, as long as you don't look at his eyes, he's pretty easy to take down. So I feel like they could have taken him down with a trunk arrow, no problem. But I feel like Hartley's different. I feel like he's a more dangerous character. Oh yeah, it is different. I mean, I'm just saying that it's one of those cases again. Like it's it's not it's not the same case, but it's also it's odd to, to not see such a. I've, to me, yeah, it's kind I of get what you're saying. Yeah. So, but like I said, I think we may see it next week on the show. Maybe they will talk about it because they're they're not that stupid. I don't. I don't. They have a. They, the writers are amazing. They're they're not going to be that silly to just be like, no, we don't need to show how we got back. Like it's. Dame did it on purpose because they're saving it for something else to show maybe that Piper is maybe he's been working all along with Harrison and they, they just fake this whole thing just because it goes all according to the plan that Harrison has. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that the the Flash writers have a reasoning behind it, and I wonder if it is just going to end up being one of those kind of deleted scenes where they needed to pick and choose what they wanted to keep in the episode, and either they could leave us with you know a slight plot hole or character development. And I'm sure that there are, I'm sure that there were a lot of debates going on in the in the editing room, in the writers' room, and with the producers on do we keep it, do we not? Um, so yeah, it might be a question that if that if uh, you know if anyone's listening and they ever get a chance to interview the writers or producers, that that's something we could ask coming up as being like, hey, so remember in episode eleven, how <laughs> exactly did Hartley get away? What happened in those four seconds? 
that'd be kind of a fun like like bonus feature just call it like four seconds and have like an entire conversation about the theories surrounding what happened yeah but um but we uh, iris had some big adventures in in this episode yeah we kind of brought up uh, a little bit earlier that iris is now a journalist. Um, I felt so bad for her. I felt so bad that she was being used. She joins, she gets invited to join this, um, this journal and to be a, not journal, newspaper. We don't call them journals these days, do we? I don't know. So he gets, she gets invited to join a newspaper and to be a reporter. And she's so excited and it's exactly what she dreamed for. And all of the people in the room want is to use her for her connection with the flash. Um, so did anyone else get a little bit of a Peggy Carter, Agent Carter vibe when we when we were seeing the way she was being treated by her superiors? A little bit. I go ahead, Scott. Uh, uh, no, I, I just think that this was a, a situation where this was this is another journalistic publication trying to get an edge, a sensational mm-hmm. edge. Uh, like they all do, and um, they all kind of—they all probably had a meeting at one point in time, or where we could bring that blogger in and see if we can't uh, be able to be a leading publication that can uh, talk about the Flash and and uh, have that in our uh, wheelhouse. But it means we're going to have to bring that that girl in here that's not a elite journalist like all we are, um, and everybody just kind of knew that they were kind of, you know, for, for the sake of. Uh, publicity and uh, sensationalism going to have to grin and bear someone they clearly didn't respect as a journalist uh, onto their mm-hmm. team for their own benefit. So I think it was maybe more of just uh, you know a, a decision they made um, you know for their own um, you know benefit as a, as a publication when they would rather have the benefit without having to have someone they clearly don't respect as a journalist because as the guy said you're you're just a blogger. Yeah, I I didn't like Mason. He was he he was kind of a dick. No, you know what? He was a complete dick. So I I I I felt I felt very sorry for her. And you you guys know how much I I care for her. So whenever someone is mean, being like a jerk, I'm like you you will not touch her. You will not say those things to her. You will respect her. She's your queen. You will kneel before her. <laughs> so that's how crazy I can get sometimes. It was tough to see it, but you know what? it gives her something else than just being you know the the flash blogger she gets to you know she gets her own individual arc and a few steps closer to becoming the journalist that she's meant to be in the comic books and um and yeah so thinking about i'm thinking about that conversation that she has with barry when she comes in he and she tells her about her horrible day and then he's about to tell her about her his horrible day um, but she mentions that they wanted her for the connection with the flash which she doesn't have anymore and i wonder if you guys think that Barry is going to rekindle that connection with the Flash just so he can help her out career-wise. I thought that was going to happen this episode. Me too, and it it didn't. I, I kind of expected the episode to end with him showing up and being like, I heard you were looking for a story, and then like giving her something. Well, I, I think it would have I mean, he knows that there's there's risk involved there, so I think he came up with a good alternative because I do think he probably planned, you know, kind of when it when cahoots with Doctor Wells to ha- say, hey, when you have this press conference, don't take any questions other than Iris, and you know, mm. it gave Iris a chance to jab back at her uh, 
counterpart there, and maybe that's going to be something that at least helps her get a little credibility that that big press conference takes place. And at least the person, you know, the highly respected individual that holds the press conference obviously thinks something of Iris beyond what we know because she was the only one allowed to ask the question. So maybe I think that Barry and Dr. Wells perhaps plan that out a little bit. Um, and and I, maybe Barry is hoping that something like that is going to allow it to fix the problem without putting her at risk having to show up uh, as the Flash again or putting him at risk because every time he shows up, there's always that chance she might figure something else out that he didn't want her to know. I can That's a good point. I can only echo what my co-host just said. I I I I completely agree. I thought that it by the end of the episode we would maybe she would get a phone call be like meet me at the roof or something and then they would you know they would talk or something but I it might come later though. It's I, I'm pretty sure that it will be something that they will focus on trying to help Iris become what she wants to become. For everything else, we have one more thing, and that's the big post-credit scene that we had at the end of the episode, which was, of course, you know, it involved Harrison Wells because it's all about Harrison Wells. So we see in this um, post-credit scene where he is um, putting on what's it called that he, that he was? I don't remember the, the name the of that. Tachyon the tachyon, something or another. The tachyon, uh, that connect that brought us to the connection of the Speed Force for the first time in the whole show. And um, now the Speed Force is tricky, but I do want to get your takes on um, the situation where he pretty much explains that he needs something more permanent, that he needs something that is not just temporary, and that it is that he's taking a risk now because I almost called her Ganon. Scott, you look what you've done to me. <laughs> I, almost called her, I almost called her Ganon. Um well, if no one if no one knows the the podcast that Scott and I do, we have um, uh, our own Jarvis on the show called Gannon, and so uh, instead of oh gosh, what's what's her name now? Gideon, Dar, Dar- yeah. Gideon, Gideon and Gannon. <laughs> well, uh, I'm that's what do- needs to happen. We need to introduce Gannon to Gideon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what would their like- super name be? Uh, Gannon, Gideon. Uh- Gan, you're gonna try to merge the two names together. Gan, oh, oh, absolutely. Gan needs to have a, a, a. This is gonna become a ship. This is becoming yeah. canon. Elicity, you're going <laughs> down. The new ship is about to come in. Gan Idian. Huh. Gan Idian. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, boy. so let's just pretend I... that I was smart for once and I said something good. <laughs> anyway, what do you guys think about this whole situation that Harrison doesn't have? permanent super speed and he's now taking this phase to get to what he wants i think it makes a little bit more clear of the possibility that that was not wells in the suit in the uh, mid-season finale i think that that he needed that device to get his speed and that it's a very distinct possibility that the that the um, reverse flash that we saw in the midseason finale was not at any point Harrison Wells. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, it's just an extension of trying to figure out what he's attempting to accomplish. Um, and it sounds like we're going to find out very soon. He says at the end of the episode, end game is almost here. So uh, um, I think we're all kind of interested to see what that means. The other thing about the end of this episode, too, is Hartley's revelation that he knows where Ronnie Raymond is uh, and fully expects uh, to be let out to help to help with that or at least 
that's that's what he's hoping will happen. Um, and the other thing I thought was kind of um, a curveball, and I still wonder about this. You know, Hartley kept talking about he knows what uh, Dr. Wells' deep, dark secret is. And when that came out and how that unfolded, I ended up shifting gears in what I was thinking the whole time. Immediately when he said that, I thought he knew, he said I, I when he said that I thought he meant he knew that Wells was from the future or was Reverse Flash or something like that. Uh, it was interesting. He kept saying I know what it is, but never really said what it was. <laughs> he never divulged I've... it. He kept saying what it was. And then when and then when I first thought. <laughs> When I first thought that, and then Wells came out and says, okay, here's my deep, dark secret. I knew that the particle accelerator wasn't a sure thing, that there was risk involved. And that obviously fits, but, you know, again, you question every single thing that Dr. Wells does. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, when the team hears, I know Dr. Wells' deep, dark secret – then Wells is going to have to give them some sort of deep dark secret to get them to quit the get them to quit thinking about it. So I still mm -hmm. wonder if the secret that Hartley knows has really been divulged. And then on top of it all, he also said he knows where Ronnie Raymond is. So uh, I think there's a, a a lot there, perhaps um, that's impacting whatever the end game is uh, for Doctor Wells. I think there was something we we missed discussing was when. Wells mentions that and he reveals his deep dark secret that he knew that the particle accelerator could fail. Caitlin's reaction to that was, well, next time you know someone could die, if you could just let me know, that would be great. Um, I was kind of surprised that she didn't have a bigger reaction. I because think... oh, no, gone. I, I, I mean, I know that she is there for Barry and I know that she would stay and do anything for Barry, but I kind of expected her to be, to have a, a bigger reaction to that. Cause he essentially said, I knew that there was a distinct possibility from a very, very, very smart guy who I trusted, who told me that the particle accelerator might kill people. And I didn't take that into consideration. And so I kind of expected Caitlin to have a bigger reaction to that. So I wonder if we're going to see that bigger reaction later on. I think she's, there's going to be an episode where – because we've seen established through the show that she's someone that doesn't really let her emotions out that much since the death of Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Now, she does know that he is alive, but I think that she's still – she's a little bit emotionally numb, if you know what I mean. I'm not saying it in a bad way at all because I, I, know, I know a lot of people that does that. Well, we, and, and we've said that before about her because we didn't know why she didn't have a bigger reaction to finding out that her husband – her fiance was still alive. Yeah, he <laughs> can shoot fire and fly, and she has, yeah, right. and he yeah, has like flaming head. We're waiting for we're waiting for the moment when she snaps emotionally. I think that's kind of where we're leading. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, every every character has one of those every once in a while, like at least once per season. I think that once she and Ronnie started to get close, I think that's when she's really going to let it out and be like, well, you know, I've been afraid. I've been scared. I've been crying when no one else sees it. Trust me, I care about it, but I just couldn't let it out. Let it out. And now she can. So I, yeah, I think it's coming. And I think that the worst, because she's she's losing everything. She She's having problems being able to connect to Ronnie because he said, don't look for me. Harrison, her role model is not what, who she fought who she thought he was, and she's living in this crazy world with metahumans that have powers and, you know, stuff. So I, I get it. I, I think that she's, it's, it's a, it's a transition for her, and I think that it's, 
it's going to get nasty and it's going to be heartbreaking to see when she does have that breakdown. I think we're pretty much um, agreed on that. It was a solid episode. The only thing I, if I have one criticism, it's that I did not like the final battle in the end. I thought it was kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Lackluster. It wasn't, you know, the special effects weren't bad, but it was just. Well, what part of it? The part of it where. Yeah. Uh, that Wells does the whole satellite radio thing, or are you talking about when Barry's running up and down and saving people out of the falling cars? I, I like that. By running through the air. I, I like <laughs> I like that, but the part of, where I wasn't really... I just didn't like the, the last part of the battle. If if Yeah, I can say that. I did not like the last part of that confrontation where he where Harrison was just using satellite radio to just... <laughs> make cars go woo i just didn't like it i was not a big fan of it but no, you I, know what i get it i mean i you know it was you know that's why i asked about it <laughs> so yeah. i was wondering what people thought about you know it, it just basically ends with the flash rolling around on the ground and this really overly complex thing with satellite radio and satellite sounds and all that sort of thing just renders him helpless and then it's over uh, I really liked how it was paced. Um, it had kind of that same pacing as episode three, the episode where Barry loses his speed. Um, things you can't outrun. No. I mean, it's not episode three. Whatever episode it was where he loses his speed, um, it was kind of that similar pacing where they got to the head of what was going on very quickly. We got the Pied Piper, got him in custody very quickly. Obviously, there was an end goal to it. Um, but I kind of like episodes where it does where we have a lot of actioning ha- action happening at once and we don't have to wait the entire episode for a confrontation or we don't have to spend the entire episode figuring out who the bad guy is or figuring out how to capture him. Um, so for me, I like the fact that the pacing switches up every few episodes and we go from kind of that almost procedural like we know the bad guy. Let's find the bad guy. Let's find out who the bad guy is. Let's find out how to take down the bad guy and then let's take down the bad guy. Um kind of stereotypical format um, which they do very well and they always do excellently but I like when they shake it up like this and we have a lot of things happening at once I mean that part where 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 um, Wells or where what uh, Hartley <laughs> when Hartley escapes after they've captured him um, let's see he escapes he knocks out Caitlin he blows up Cisco we discover Wells has a problem keeping his speed all of that happens within like a minute and a half. And I liked that. I liked kind of that sudden whoosh of, oh my gosh, so much just happened um, in under a minute. And so I really, I like that kind of stuff because it shakes things up a little bit. It keeps us on the edge of our seats and it gives each episode um, a new air and a new species. So I liked the pacing of the episode um, in this one a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a a good episode. I still feel like, we're waiting for we're pay, for payoffs. I, I still think there's things that they're that they're setting up that we know by the end of this season are really gonna um, take off. And I and I think the the writers know that the audience is kind of getting antsy for some of the questions they've been asking for, since day one, and why they drop in lines from Wells like "Endgame is almost near." It's almost telling you. We're going to tell you here pretty soon <laughs> what the payoff is. I also kind of want the finale to be named Endgame and then be like, no, oh, I, I wanted I wanted to be called Flash or Reverse Flash. Okay, fine. Uh, well, what? Yeah, well, that. Hey, continue, but, Scott. Yeah, continue. 
go on. That's it. <laughs> That's that, that Good show. Is it. They're still setting some stuff up. Some you know some more. Uh, you know, more fun with Wells, more trying to, more fun figuring out what uh, what he's doing. Uh, it's really going to be interesting to see while this other stuff is going on, uh, how complex and how um, tricky it's going to get for Wells, especially now as we see at the end of the episode that Joe uh, has Eddie investigating Doctor Wells and what he finds out and how that unfolds as we continue forward. Awesome. Well, let's get in some uh, quick. Feed, listener feedback about this episode we had we had a couple but because we had it was a p- big piece to talk about at the beginning of the episode about Supergirl radio we had to cut down a little bit this week so sorry for that guys but we do have a couple so scott what do they have to say about this week's episode of the flash well first we're going to start off with um at taylor kimmons 13 who says it was good was kind of hard to sympathize with pied piper with him hurting innocence at uh, Kiana Lachey says, I loved it. Mention of the Speed Force got me hyped. At David Holcomb 8 says, I thought it was pretty great. Harrison Wells using the Speed Force. At Snowberry for the win <laughs> says, amazing episode. The tension is building. Wells is going to tear Team Flash apart. Also, great Snowberry feels, LOL. At Alex underscore Chapman said, I loved it. Pied Piper was cool and enjoyed his backstory with Team Flash. Iris's early stages as a reporter has potential. At Just Doug 77 says, So much Wells goodness, badness. I can't wait for next week. Uh, Quayshon C says, um, he also not only pointed this at the Flash podcast, but also at Andy uh, Mientis. He says, yes, he is about his character. He is the perfect choice. Hope to see more of the Pied Piper. Great job tonight, Andy. Thanks. Oh, another one. <laughs> Sorry. Never Everybody named Andy involved in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure that's who he's talking to, right? Okay. I, I, will, I will buy that. And finally, at Sue Brody one says... Uh, also to uh, Andy Mientis, said, yes, Hartley is so evil. Hashtag prodigal son. Hashtag the Flash. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much for your tweets. And sorry we couldn't get to more this week, but we will we will next week because then I – unless there's another big announcement that the show does or another big podcast announcement, then, you know, there won't well, be any feedback. There won't be any well, podcast at all. <laughs> as we know, if there's ever a big announcement, it always takes place after the show goes live. <laughs> oh, yes. That's the rule. And um, – I know maybe I will use Gannon to like make sure that he can like he can keep the internet from holding all announcements till I don't know like they, that they come in, in in right time so we can talk about it. There you go. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna wrap up um, this part of the episode. We're gonna get into some plugs and then we're gonna get to the spoiler section for next week's episode. You can find the Flash Podcast at theflashpodcast.com with uh, social media at Flash Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find us on Google Plus on the Flash Fan Circle page from Hang from TV Fanatic. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Rate, subscribe, and review us. They will come and play for our upcoming Flash giveaway. So stay tuned. Make sure to check out our good friends, the Mixer Network, which we are part of at. Uh, we're part of at um, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. And you can also check out our good friends over at stabtwit.com. And you can also check out, make sure to check out Mike Schmidt's Flash Oprah at soundcloud.com slash Flash Oprah. And any questions you have, you can email us at theflashpockets at gmail.com. 
Scott and Amy, talk about your podcast that you're doing together. Well, at the moment, we actually have two that we're doing. Um, uh, the latest Assembly of Geeks um, just went live, and we were talking about Star Wars earlier. If you are a Star Wars fan, I highly recommend uh, this episode mm-hmm. because we talk Star Wars with Bobby Roberts from the Full of Sith podcast, and we have a lot of fun. We cover everything from uh, some of the most recent George Lucas rumors to um, what's happening with the spinoff films and just some really interesting fan theories about Obi-Wan Kenobi and um, – Padme. We also there are disc- some great theories. Yeah, and we also talk about um, the Marvel announcement. You know that they made that they're ending their comic universe in May of this year. And uh, in fact, Adam Holmes comes on to talk a little bit about that and what that means um, for the future of uh, Marvel comics and um, why they're making such a decision. Um, so we have that, and uh, that's at assemblyofgeeks.com. And, of course, we also have the Peggy Carter podcast, which goes live again this week since uh, the show is back from its hiatus. Finally, from its hiatus. It's, I don't like, it's I don't like breaks. Yeah, we had to wait two weeks for this one, and so we're excited to be back on that. And, Amy, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on the interwebs at, um, at Amy underscore Marie. 97 both on twitter and instagram um i've also been just kind of jumping around and doing a couple different podcasts which is super fun um i i like that i can finally talk to other nerds and not just talk to myself in my car on the way to work and so it's it's like productive conversation and i love it um so I did. I did. I, I hopped on a podcast with Cena Nerd this past week. Um, I've also been doing some stuff with the CW Fan Cast, um, which is really cool. They're actually starting a new kind of experimental pre pre fan show where they're going to be having um, kind of fan hosts leading chats um, for an hour or so before they do the actual pre show. Um, so you can see me on those occasionally coming up um but yeah a lot of fun cool stuff basically my wednesdays are just full of nerd like nerd everything i might start like a hashtag like geek wednesdays or something because that's kind of how everything's ending up being well there's nothing wrong with having a geek day and uh and but but you know amy first of all before we get to the spoiler i just want to thank you so much for coming on again you know we always have we always love having you on and um, we will i'm we have already made plans for you to come back for episode when is Spartacus showing up? It's 15 and 16. Never mind. I knew it. Never mind. It was in my head. Episodes 15 <laughs> and 16, Amy will be back. But next week, we will have the just, lo- the just as lovely and geeky Lauren Galloway from Piggy Carter Podcast show up for episode what? 12 and 13, uh, talking about The Flash with us. So, st- you know, stay tuned for that. And uh, yes, Adam will be back at some point. Uh, yes, he's <laughs> he, 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 Asked specifically that he wants to be on for the, um, the 17th episode with Mark Hamill on it because he was just like, I need to be on that. And I'm like, okay, geez, take, pull, put that gun away from me. Uh, no, 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 no. But he will be back then. And uh, yeah, it will be lots of fun. But it's time to talk about next week's episode in the spoiler section. So for our members, Adam Holmes, Steph, and Chris Duker, I'm Andrew Black. I'm Scott Murray. And I'm Amy. We will see you next week on the Flash Podcast.
20s, you should meet people, go on dates. Aren't you worried about moving too fast? Catch me if you can. It's an emergency. I'm so sorry. I'll call you. It's super cool. You're a crime-fighting lady-slaying machine. The Flash, new hit series this Tuesday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And welcome back to the spoiler section. What you just heard heard was the audio of the trailer for next episode uh, of The Flash called Crazy For You. And Scott is going to read us the official description of that episode. Yes, the next episode is called Love Is In The Air. <clears throat> and it says, the official description says, Caitlin decides that she and Barry need to move on from Ronnie and Iris and find new loves. So she takes him for a night out at the local karaoke bar. Caitlin doesn't have any luck making a love connection, but Barry meets Linda Park, played by Malaise Jow, or Joe, um, as a sports reporter for the Central City Picture News and asks her out on a date. When Barry tells Iris he has a date, Iris is surprised by her reaction. Meanwhile, Cisco considers Hartley's uh, dangerous offer, and the team searches for Shauna, played by Brittany Oldford, a metahuman with teleportation powers who just busted her boyfriend Clay or busted her boyfriend Clay out of Iron Heights when Harry or sorry when Henry who we all know is John Wesley Ships uh, snoops around in an attempt to help Joe and Barry solve the crime he ends up in the infirmary after getting roughed up by inmates Rob Hardy directed this episode which is written by Aaron Helbing and Todd Helbing I think this from what I've heard, this is the um, the relationship episode, the kind of like the shipper episode, if you, if you want to call it that, uh, of uh, the season, which you know, it's bound to happen, and nothing negative with that. I think it's good to sometimes just give some focus to relationships, but I I'm interested to see how Linda Park is going to be portrayed as in the in the show. I know there's still some people that think they think it's odd that they're bringing in a Wally West character because in the comic books, Wally and Linda get together and know get married and all that so but it will be interesting to see what they do um but uh, i and I, like i said I, before on the podcast i've seen this actress she's pretty good i've seen her on the vampire diaries so yeah i'm looking forward to see what kind of chemistry and dynamic she has with uh, grand gustin's barry allen i have a question yeah so, Malie- sorry go ahead uh, my question well, is i was gonna say malise is great <laughs> uh i was no i was just wondering um I, when I read that sentence, and I'm trying to read it again, when Barry tells Iris he has a date, Iris is surprised by her reaction. Yeah, I think yeah, I think they slipped up because I I did not write no, that. no, they didn't slip up. She's what's Who's, what's the question? All right, so Iris is surprised by her own reaction. Yeah, like oh, okay. okay, so if I'm if I'm if I'm dating a guy, if I'm Iris and I'm dating Eddie. And I discovered that Barry, the guy who professed he loves me, is dating. And suddenly, for some reason, I'm feeling jealous. And I don't really understand why I'm feeling jealous when I'm with oh. Eddie and chose to be with Eddie. But I also kind of am having jealous feels about Barry yeah, no, dating someone sense. else. I, I just, when so I first originally re- read that, it might confuse <laughs> people the way it's written. Because yeah, because the, the sentence starts off with Barry, when Barry tells Iris he has a date, you kind of start, you, you almost think you're going to say, 
that uh, you know that he's surprised by her reaction, and then it says Iris is surprised by her reaction, <laughs> and I just want to—I I, it just kind of threw me for a minute because I think I my my head started to get ahead ahead of itself as I was reading that because I thought originally it was heading that that uh, Barry was going to be surprised by her reaction, but it's. Iris is surprised by her own reaction, yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's with somebody and yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, yeah I, I, well, okay. We got that cleared up. So, uh, but I'm, I'm in the trailer. They don't mention it in the description, but in the trailer, we do see Victor Garber as Martin Stein. So that would be interesting to see what, uh, what kind of role he plays in the episode. And, um, all he says, it, it says is it's super cool. And I think he's on a bus or something like that. And that's all we saw. I'm like, but, Garber, more please, and no. But what what are you guys looking forward to to seeing this episode next week? I don't mind the shippery stuff. I think the shippery stuff is great. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see Caitlin's reaction um, when it becomes very clear to her. And we've we you know we've noticed that she's not exactly the best when it comes to her feelings, and she's probably totally awkward in a bar trying to score a date. Um, and so. For her, if it, when she finds love, it's going to be in a professional environment, and that's how she found Ronnie. Um, and I think that it's going to hit her really hard that it's going to be very difficult for her to find another person like Ronnie. Um, and she's going, I think she's going to kind of be overwhelmed with emotions of realizing that she may never find another Ronnie and maybe kind of grapple onto the idea that if she's never going to find another Ronnie, maybe she should try to find her Ronnie. And I think that might lead her into her ultimate quest to, you know, to find him and go against what he says and try to reunite with him. Well said. I don't really have much of a <laughs> much of a reaction uh, to the description other than, you know, let's I'm just, you know, descriptions only go so far. I mean, you know, even on on Peggy Carter, only get the official. I mean, this is actually a pretty in-depth description you know when we get the peggy carter descriptions they're like a sentence <laughs> so yeah, you know a lot Marvel, of they have their little <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh you know um i i generally just wait for the episode to come out and react to that it tends to be a lot easier um but um you know it's it's just gonna be i i'm i'm more interested in uh the uh, metahuman with teleportation powers that's what i'm Oh, I forgot to say that. Amy, do you, you want to know who this character is from the comic books or what her name is? No. You don't want to know? I mean, no. Uh, mm. You will laugh. Actually, I, I meant to say yes. Okay, go ahead. Peekaboo. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. There's an article on comicbook.com uh, written by Russell Burlingame where they got the exclusive that she was going to be on in this episode. And it's apparently it is someone called Peekaboo. And I was like... If there's one subtle reference to that name where no one laughs, like if they can say that without ha- making anyone laugh, I will give props to the Flash, write- Flash writers because really they named the character of Peekaboo in the okay. You know what? We've seen crazier things, but but the, no, it, 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 this looks like another fun. Is episode. that is that really going to be a name that comes from Cisco? <laughs> oh my god! If that, you know what, I'm I'm going to give him the look if he gives. I bet you, Caitlin. Did. You're going to give him the. Caitlin gives to him, and they feel gonna, so bad that they let her keep it. He's going to come up with it, and Andy's going to give Cisco the sarcastic clap. Oh, oh, you meant you meant then? Okay, I'll, whoops. 
jump the gun. But uh, no, but I think that's going to wrap up our episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Amy, once again, it's always an honor to have you on the podcast, and we will talk. We will have you on. Oh, soon. I love coming. Well, you well, and we love having you on the show. So, um, yeah, Lauren Galloway will be here for the next two episodes. So, so get excited. She's lovely to talk to. So until then, I'm Andrew Bite, and we'll see you next time on the Flash Podcast in a flash. <laughs>